Well, good morning. I'd like to add my welcome to those previously given here as we jump into a new teaching series in the month of July called One Nation Under God. And of course, you'll notice it's got a big question mark at the end there. And the reason is, is we're going to be asking some questions about how to be a citizen of heaven, a citizen or member of the kingdom of heaven through Jesus, and also be a citizen of our great nation, the United States. And uh, the, the timing of this is perfect since we just, of course, celebrated the 4th of July, but we're also entering into a new political season where we've got a new presidential election coming up, not this fall, but next fall in 2020. Um, what I'd like to do is share a few numbers with you of interest that might set the stage for us. Uh, back in 2014, a group called the Pew Research Center uh, did a poll where they asked Christians to identify along party lines. Now, uh, the graphic uh, that we're looking at here shows us that 43% of Christians who participated in the poll identify as Republican or Republican-leaning, which means they may not necessarily identify as a Republican, but are leaning toward the issues that uh, the Republicans champion. And then on the other side there, you see 40% of Christians reporting that they identify with the Democratic Party or issues that the Democratic Party represents or champions. And then there's sort of a nebulous 17% between them that don't lean in either direction. Now, what does that mean? That likely means that either folks don't identify with the Republican Party or the, or the, uh, the Democratic Party, or perhaps they don't even want to be involved in the political process at all. And uh, I want to give you a couple more numbers to, to kind of jump on to the, to the point here. Um, you find so much dissension and disagreement, discord, all the disses there, um, between political parties, and Christians are caught up in this. Uh, Republicans uh, who have an opinion about Democrats say that, in 52% of Republicans say that Democrats are closed-minded, whereas 11% uh, of, of Republicans say Democrats are open-minded. Uh, you flip the script there and, and talk about what Democrats think of Republicans, 70% of Democrats think Republicans are closed-minded, where uh, it looks like there may be some hope for them yet. 5% of Democrats say that Republicans are open-minded. Uh, so you have a variety of disagreement there across the political spectrum, and these opinions include those of Christ's followers. So you can kind of see the, the problem that we're, we're creating here to, uh, to look to Jesus to solve, and that is uh, political discord that includes uh, the life of, of Christians and the choices that we make. And the political parties and platforms and people uh, that we identify with. Well, let's get right to Scripture and, and just kind of add a little bit to, uh, to, to the tension here. If you look in Matthew chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 5, this is a section right out of the Beatitudes. Jesus is preaching here. He says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And then Matthew 5, verse 9 is the kicker here. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, how do you function as a peacemaker, one who follows Jesus in the current political climate, when you're caught up in such political climate that is categorized by discord, disagreement, and dissension? How does one navigate those waters? Uh, I would suggest, based on the scriptures that we're going to look at today, uh, that it's a matter of choice. Now, when I say that, 
the choice that we make is not necessarily a choice whether to be Republican or Democrat or some third party, including a third party that wants to disengage from the political process. Let me say that again. We're not talking about a choice among Democratic Party, Republican Party, and non-party or some independent party. We're talking about a choice led by the Holy Spirit to engage in a form of peace that doesn't come from within, from within us or from within our political choices. Uh, here's what I mean. Here's, uh, here's what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 12 to that church. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now, what does that say there? Some people, uh, people that are uh, like-minded and part of your political party. No, it says everyone. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And then he says, verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, and I've underlined that scripture for you for emphasis, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with who? With everyone. And Paul goes on and says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, you don't take revenge, you don't fight back, you don't uh, push all of your, your, uh, your, you know, your, uh, your political opponent's buttons in order to start a fight when you're a follower of Jesus. The scripture literally says there, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, how do we reconcile that in the current climate, in the current political climate? There are some of us who identify as Republican, and our current president is Republican. There are lots of people who can't stand the current president. Lots of us identify as Democrats, and we're struggling with the current administration, struggling with the current uh, poli uh, political situation and in the, in the politics we see in, through the media. How do we reconcile being in those two kingdoms? Let's share some more scripture. This is Jesus teaching in John chapter 14, starting in verse 23. He's replying uh, to a conversation and questions that his disciples have there. And he says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. He goes on, verse 25, and says, All this I have spoken while still with you. So what he's doing is he's getting ready to leave instructions for them before he goes to the cross, before he takes on the sin of the whole world, Republicans, Democrats, and non-engaged or independent people, before he takes on the sins of the whole world. And those of us who follow him, we understand this is true. Um, verse 26 in, uh, in John 14 says, But uh, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And then in particular, Jesus draws attention to this idea. This is John 14 and 27. If you don't get anything else from this morning, focus here. Peace I leave with you. And then Jesus says, my peace I give you. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. I do not give to you as the world gives. Now, what does that mean? Jesus is drawing attention to a peace that belongs to him and is given to us. It is a peace that does not come from within ourselves it doesn't come from our political positions or choices. It doesn't come from those who represent our political parties and whether or not they are elected. 
This is a peace that comes from without. This is a peace that comes from Jesus. He goes on in verse 27, the last half of it, and says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So in a political climate where people are troubled and people are afraid, Jesus calls us to peace. But it's not a peace that comes from within. It's not a peace associated with our political choices. What is this peace? It's a peace that passes all human understanding. It comes from God. But it is given to us as a gift. Now, the word that's represented there, the, the root word, is uh, the word from which we get the lady's name, the girl's name, Irene. It is Irene, and it's sort of associated with um, the Old Testament or the old uh, ancient Israel concept of shalom. You've heard of shalom before if you've been around here for a while. We've taught on this idea of peace. But this type of shalom, this type of peace, doesn't mean a peace that exists simply when war or discord or dissension or disagreement stops. This is not a kind of peace that exists simply in the vacuum that is left when disagreement, even up to war, have stopped. This is a peace that exists as a state of being, as an entity, a, um, a, a gift to us through uh, Jesus from the Heavenly Father. Uh, look at how uh, Tim Keller describes this, this peace. He calls it as, uh, as Shalom, in this article he writes in the uh, Biblical Theology Study Bible. He says, Shalom experienced is multidimensional, complete well-being. He says it's physical, psychological, social, and spiritual. Shalom flows from all of one's relationships, look at this, all of one's relationships being put right. All of one's relationships being put right, starting with God, and then he says within oneself and with others. I like the way he peels that out, starting with God. The idea is you and I, through Jesus, have peace with God that passes our understanding. Uh, what that means is, is that we will continue to make choices in this life that have consequences, have results associated with them, right? But the peace that we derive in this life um, does not come from those choices. It doesn't come from within ourselves. It doesn't come from our relationships with others. We start at the other end of that spectrum with God. Peace comes from God. Peace with God gives us peace within ourselves and with others. Meaning, if we've got sin and the consequences of sin that we're still harboring in our hearts, peace with God leads us through the power of the Holy Spirit to let those things go, to forgive ourselves for them, and to stop doing those behaviors in the name of Jesus uh, so that we can not only have peace with God, but also peace within ourselves. And then this leads us to be at peace with other people, even those with whom we disagree. So, so look at this peace, this shalom with different eyes. Look at this shalom with the eyes of God, not with human eyes. See it as, through the power of the Holy Spirit, see it as something to embrace that is beyond ourselves, that comes from God, and that gives us a baseline of peace, even and especially in the civil world or the political world in which we live. So what does that mean for you and me? It means in, 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 point, um, in blunt fashion, point, uh, point of fact, um, according to what we do with our votes, we vote our consciences as Christians, and at the same time, we don't derive the peace that, uh, that's, that stills our hearts and keeps us 
engaged with God on our political choices so we can vote our consciences, vote the way that God uh, has given us the freedom to vote, engage in the political system as we choose. Um, at the same time, we're not going to look at the results of those choice as the source of our inner peace or peace with other people. I hope this is becoming clear. The, the idea is we find our peace with Jesus, right? So the question then becomes when we vote and when we engage in the political process, whose voice do we represent and which voice do we bring to the table? Do we bring our own voices to the table um, where we are seeking peace in the votes that we cast? Or do we bring the voice of God to the table? We vote our conscience as, as the best we are educated and formed to do. And at the same time, we don't find our peace in the political process. We find it where? In Jesus, with Jesus. It, this idea is foundational for the Christ follower. The idea of finding Irene, finding Shalom in Jesus, and then continuing to participate in the world. Now, as we said before, we're going to get into uh, a few more ideas along these lines as we get into teaching about uh, the, the two kingdoms next week and how to engage in the political kingdom as a citizen of uh, heaven and as a follower of Jesus a little bit more directly. Uh, but what we want to end with today, kicking off the series, is this idea that there's a baseline of peace that comes from Jesus. I hope that's coming clear as a function of the gospel in Jesus Christ. Jesus died for us. He went to the grave navigating through a political system that was entirely against him. And yet, what did he do? He overcame the results of that political process. Jesus still is in charge and still overcomes the politics of humanity. He is still overseeing it. As you see in Romans chapter 13, he's still our God and he still gives us the freedom to participate or not. I would suggest based on what we're seeing in the scripture that we don't refrain from participating in the political world. We remain citizens of the world that God has called us to and at the same time we find our peace elsewhere in one called Jesus. Would you pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for giving us the ability to vote, for giving us the ability to participate in a, in a, a, a republic, in a process that is a democratic by nature in that we get to choose who leads us, understanding and being aware that you are the one who ultimately is in control. God, we thank you so much for that ability and that freedom especially as we celebrate July 4th this week, this past week, and we acknowledge at the same time that we find our peace outside of that process and outside of this world. Uh, as Jesus was talking to Pilate, he was talking about his kingdom not being of this world. And at the same time, Jesus was directly engaged in the kingdom of this world to accomplish your purposes. And that was to give us good news, that you've accepted us, you've loved us from the beginning, You've done whatever it took to bring us close. And at the same time, you've given us a choice. When we choose you and choose to follow you by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're the one who gets the glory. And we get choices um, every day thereafter. Let our choices be, one, uh, be ones that are characteristic of people of peace. Those who find our shalom, our irene in you. 
We place our faith and our hope in you, and we trust in you for all that you've done through Jesus. In his name we pray, amen and amen.